1: I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Specters, it is time again. For the Mass Effect Lorecast, welcome back to the show. This is your host Tom or Robots. I'm here as usual with my good buddy and Seven, the Legend. Welcome back to the show. How's it going?
2: I'm well. I'm well. So super happy that the holiday season is upon us. Yeah, and uh, I'm going out to get a Christmas tree. Oh, nice. Probably tomorrow. So and I don't have room for another one or like like a large one. But I have room for probably a four foot Christmas tree uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. not really. I'm like one of those people that's like just festive enough to not be Scrooge like. <laughs> okay. but but I, I don't want to spend too much money on decorations that are ultimately going to get used once per year. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. And and when you're moving a lot like I have a move coming up in about six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to move that.
1: Yeah, so you, you kind of don't so. want a permanent tree, so you're gonna get one that you can throw out, but you don't want to spend a lot on it. You know, what? for a long time we got like little trees right. that we could put on like a table. Those are pretty cheap. Yeah, and yeah. Still I'm planning good.
2: to be festive because it's Oregon, right? So it's like Christmas tree capital of the country, or I mean, something. You just go like
1: cut that. one down, right? Like you just go into the woods and just chop one up
2: right exactly like there's so many different places where you can go and cut your own um i'm not sure if we're gonna go that far because my lumberjack skills are lacking <laughs> uh, but i'll probably uh go find like a church or a charity or something that's selling them at a parking lot right
1: well have fun i know you're taking this week off so uh yeah decorate the tree get in the festive spirits and then celebrate with some you know mass effect streaming because i know that's on your list of to do's too so it absolutely is yeah yep. dude that sounds fun. Well, this episode, we're diving into something new, something we've never really tackled before because uh, I'm looking at our show notes. It looks like we're gonna be discussing emergency procedures for childbirth.
2: Yes, and bathtubs. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. please keep your ear holes open and uh, tuned in. No, we're not talking about that. Not, not C-sections? Uh, c We are not talking about cesarean sections. However, <laughs> we are talking about C-sec. Uh, oh oh oh, so there was there was probably some confusion in the Mm. email chain going back and forth and now a lot of things are coming into focus and uh
1: yeah i I totally prepped completely uh inappropriately for this episode then
2: so (laughs) i don't know if that doctor is ever going to talk to us again yeah Uh, Mm. yeah Mm. we'll see about that one yeah Uh, but (laughs) yeah Yeah, man yeah
1: Oof, all the, all the research I did on all the different species of alien C-sections. Oh, oh Yeah, man. I'm
2: looking at eight pages of extremely detailed notes on Asari reproductive anatomy.
1: Oh, God. Some of this stuff. Some of the... Mm, you don't want to see some of these pictures, friends. Okay, I'm just going to delete all of my research. We're just going to go with your stuff here. All right, so... <laughs> uh,
2: okay, so where do we start? So we've talked a lot... About the bad guys of the Milky Way, uh, and we have, you know, also discussed some official organizations like, like the Alliance and Cerberus. But here's an official one that is dedicated to ridding the galaxy uh, of all crime on the galaxy's largest space station so although they can be pretty dirty too uh which we'll get into in a little bit of course we're talking about csec uh and if the specters are the secret agents the unaccountable clandestine folk Mm. operating behind the scenes uh, if they are the cia the 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 007s although like yeah yeah if if they are mi6 then citadel security services which is csec's official name then they are nypd they're the gritty <laughs> on the ground police force they're bureaucratic but you know like whereas the specters are all about doing things their way csec is all about by the book it's you know order 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 no one's above the law mm-hmm. donuts except for the specters not talk coffee. about them.
1: and donuts and coffee
2: Right donuts and coffee got it and got occasionally it. beating uh, beating some witnesses senseless if they uh, are going to expose your dark <laughs> precinct secrets yeah yeah uh, yeah okay. just ask Bailey about that one all right
1: yeah so uh, yeah so you're saying that sometimes there's some shady stuff going on in the back room.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, these guys aren't exactly white knights. We'll get into some of the, the instances of that in this episode. Um, but, you know, there's a motto that I found when I was researching... This episode there was just this quote that really stood out for me and It was from part of the lore But it's from part of the this little-known lore that many people might not know uh, or heard of before and it's called Mass Effect homeworlds It's a series and the episode or the the Mass Effect homeworld edition on Garrus uh, Has a scene with Garrus talking with his father and Garrus's father, of course was also a lifer in c that's how Garrus probably got the job. Mm. And Gar- basically Garrus's father tells him in a place teeming with millions of people with their own ideas on how society works, some days only C sec holds the place together.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: So, they're, so they're like very a- collectivist mindset. Got it. Got it. So they're
1: kinda they're kind of the glue. Sometimes I mean coffee does that for you too
2: yeah yeah totally and donuts can can be there to help hold things together in your bowels uh sure yeah we'll look at that way and the the wards are basically the bowels yeah there you go um no yeah that's pretty much that's pretty like i think by the end of the episode we're all gonna understand why that's an encompassing motto for csec
1: all right so um okay so we've been explaining the origin stories of all these different factions um, so what do we know about c specifically and how they came about?
2: Um, so there's not an incredibly detailed backstory here, but what we do know is that the Turians, aka the Bird Samurai people, mm-hmm. uh, they, they were the first ones to push for a police force on the Citadel. Uh, it's unsurprising given their rigid hierarchical culture uh, and they kind of seem hell bent on order anyway. So, that would mean that uh, c has to have been created sometime after the Turians reached the Citadel, right? Which, that was in the midst of the Krogan Rebellions, when Turians were brought in to be the galactic peacekeepers of the Milky Way. And that would put their earliest establishment date sometime around the, like the early 700s of the current era, so 700 710.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, most of the CSEC members that I, I remember, they're Turian. Um, it also makes sense for personalities as well. Turians. Yeah. It seems to make sense that they would gravitate towards that role.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. Um, their culture is totally in line with that, and and the majority of officers in CSEC are Turian, even some 1,400 years later after this, you know, 700. uh, By the start of Mass Effect 1, that's still the case most officers are Turian. Mm -hmm. Um, And by that time, the largest minority in CSEC quickly becomes humanity. and that actually is exacerbated by the events of Mass Effect 1 in the very end, where Saren has his invasion of the Citadel. There's so many casualties that are sustained on Citadel's side, or on, on CSEC's side, that they end up in recruiting so many human beings. And so the ranks get flooded with humans, humans quickly become the largest minority in CSEC, uh, and that... Matters because it's increased political representation, I guess, in a power power environment. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think that you know, with Turian still presiding over most of the officers officers positions and leadership positions in CSEC, maybe they were more inclined to hire humans because or or accept humans into their rank because they were similarly authoritarian in culture, right? Um, I could see that we see. We see some Asari, like in the games. We see, we see a few, but we don't see many Salarian c officers. Maybe they're pushed more toward the Specters who they formed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, there's a reason why I bring up these events, the context and the timeline. Uh, so I mentioned the Krogan Rebellions. Now this is speculation, this part, so take it for what it's worth. But c had to have come... During or after the rebellions With resentment of the Krogan in full effect, right? Um, so Let's not forget that The Krogan crashed asteroids into at least three terrain garden worlds during the rebellions right. Completely making them uninhabitable like killing millions of people and Then in response the Turians didn't hesitate to, to deploy the Salarian-made Genophage. So, yeah, you could say things got pretty messy, right? Um, and that being said, the Turians propose c Then they end up inhabiting most of c ranks, presumably the leadership. And we end up seeing, like, zero Krogan in c I mean, do you think anyone at this point wants Krogan on the Citadel's police force?
1: Yeah no I I yeah I don't think so I I can imagine it's I mean I'm thinking about it from like a NYPD kind of standpoint like if the majority of the officers are Turian then they're not looking to bring Krogan on to the force like there's going to be a certain kind of I don't know resistance to that just yeah off you know just automatically also I I don't know that. The Krogan are particularly... I, I don't know that they want that role, necessarily, either. At least at this point in in their history. I don't think they want to be seen as keepers of the peace.
2: No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> there would be far too many rules in CSEC for yeah. many Krogans to like abiding by.
1: Right, right. I, I mean... I, could, I think they could be good at it. I think that they could do a good job. I think people would respect their authority. But I don't think at this point in the the playing of society that that's something that they are particularly looking to looking for for themselves.
2: Well, the interesting thing is if you go back like a, like a few hundred years before that, and you talk about the Rachni Wars, the Krokin are, you know, the heroes of the galaxy. And if they had proposed making themselves part of the Citadel's police force, mm-hmm. they would have had the job. Yeah. And yeah. maybe they did.
1: Yeah. 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 If you, yeah. Going back in time at a time like that with the, the cultural situation at that time and place, that, that would have made a lot of sense. But at this time and place, I, I don't see that happening. Right.
2: Yeah. And I think that there's still the anti-Krogan sentiment after the rebellions, like right afterward, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the, um, integration of the Turians into the Citadel's political hierarchy is pretty quick after that because of their role in the rebellions. So I think the anti-Krogan sentiment there is still very fresh. And I wonder how much of that results in in Krogan around the Citadel being profiled. Yeah. By CSEC. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can imagine it's a, it's a very hard thing to do to get a Krogan to try to take on that role because of just, just the amount of, uh, Mm, just the disrespect that they get you know are you kidding me take on that role like that that kind of attitude of like yeah put me in yeah. a C-Sec you know outfit right yeah everyone's going to respect me
2: and it's not like CSEC doesn't profile people. Like, we, we see in Mass Effect 2 that there's a CSEC officer who definitely, definitely profiles a Corian mm-hmm. and believes the Volus's word about her, you know, his stolen credit shit. He's convinced that this Corian, this dirty Corian, stole it from him when in reality he just left it on the counter somewhere. Right. Um, right. And CSEC is just all too eager. This one officer is all too eager to believe the Volus, not the Corian right and so csec isn't really immune to these you know biases um so and i and we know that they profile batarians too so i'm i would be interested to know you know like what those days right after the krogan rebellions were like when the turians first created csec so maybe this is why we don't see any krogan officers and the effect of not having any krogan on csec you know we we just don't know Mm. um but instead the race with the most animosity toward Krogan ends up being the most prevalent among its ranks. Mm-hmm. So, it explains a lot. And um, speaking of how they fill their ranks, you know, here's something I, I was actually taught by one of our patrons a couple weeks ago during the trivia show where I got grilled. <laughs> right? I just got I just got roasted. <laughs> I was in the hot seat. I mean, I didn't do too well, to be honest. You know, like a lot of them just were like on the money. And uh, I was like, oh, 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing
1: what things like don't come to mind right away sometimes. It's, yeah. it's, it's just like drawing this stuff out. And, and just side note, like I, I do a lot of these lore shows, right? Uh, we were recording the Starfield lore cast earlier today. And Dave mentioned a, ca- a character, a very, a very well-known character from Fallout New Vegas. But because the context was different and I was thinking, oh, is this a reference to a actual living historical person? Like, I didn't pick it up that it was it was maybe a reference in Starfield to a Fallout character. And I was like, oh, is that like a is that like a historical reference? Is that a real person? And and he was like, no, Tom, that's a Fallout reference. And I was like, oh, (laughs) like, but had I been in the right mindset, I would have recognized it like right away, you know, but like. It's it's just uh, the wealth of knowledge. Like there's just so many things to know sometimes that it just takes like sometimes your brain just can't get oh, yeah. there. You know, it's just oh man. Yeah.
2: This game, I mean even Mass Effect 1, if you wanted to like translate it all into text, that game could probably be like several books. Oh god. Like just yeah. the f- first game. It's just so uh, much. So and, and it's also, this should be a testament to their, their question-making ability, the, the patrons, because, like, really, they come up with some stumper questions. Mm-hmm. And I would be, you know, very intrigued to know what the average uh, correct number of answers was for our listenership. Yeah. Um, and we still have yet to hear from a lot of our listeners how they fared on that trivia episode so if you're listening to this and you and you did that uh the you know you answered those questions you remembered how you did well, let us know definitely in a review or on the discord but i digress um when i was when i was being grilled on the trivia episode uh, I learned that this thing about c you know, even though... He, so, even though there are some jokes made at c expense throughout the trilogy, typical, you know, ha, cops are dumb, they're too <laughs> slow to catch the criminals, those kind of jokes. Joining c is a pretty big deal. And not every cop from Earth or Palavin wants, like, can make it. In fact, there really, like, aren't even tryouts. So... If you want to join CSEC, it's like it's almost not even up to you. The applicants must be sponsored by a Citadel Council or the ambassador of an associate council race. So, in theory, this means the best of the best get to get the nominations or the introductions to their counselors or ambassadors by their commanding officers because most of the recruiting pool comes from military or prior law enforcement service right like lifers mm-hmm. um, so uh, that's where the recruitment pool comes from and in theory you're gonna result with the best of the best being introduced to their counselor or if they don't have a Citadel counselor of their race they get to the ambassador of their associate counsel race right okay so you can see where this is going you know while this can be viewed as selective. In my mind, it severely limits the diversity of CSEC because now for political power and representation purposes, each counselor and ambassador is going to be the most likely to promote members of their own race. Right. And not every race has an associate seat. You know, some races are client races like the Volus. Mm -hmm. So no Volus cops. On the Citadel that might be why yeah oh not that they'd want to I'm I, not sure that the volus would want, want to
1: I want them to I want to see a bunch of seasick volus officers walking around trying to arrest people I want yeah I want a volus and buddy cop movie that's what I want just <laughs> drop right there <laughs> I want a volus in an Elcor buddy cop movie I want oh <laughs> I want, I want. Um, oh, what was that? Oh, What was the famous? What was? The, what's the one they make fun of on um, Always Sunny, where they keep making sequels to the to the movie? Um, um, oh, you know, yeah. what I'm talking about uh, Lethal Weapon. I want Lethal Weapon, but I want it with a Volus and an Elcor.
2: Breather weapon. Yeah. Breather weapon. Breather weapon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I want yes yeah i I see in chat here uh cloudy atlas says can you imagine a volus in pursuit (laughs) yes yes he runs like five steps and he's like okay okay requesting backup requesting backup
1: he went down one hallway having a difficult time pursuing i don't know man he's just like super fast (laughs) How does he run so far? It's been like fifteen feet. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I want to see a Mass Effect version of Cops, the show. <laughs> Cops.
1: Yes. There we go. There. There All we go. All
2: about CSEC, and C-Sec. there's like one volus officer. There's, a, there's the volus amazing. officer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he's like, he's, his, his name's Buddy. They just call him Buddy. They're like, Buddy. Hey, Buddy. Can you? Uh, he, they're like, they just bring him along because they have to. But they, like, they're always like, all right, st- stay back, buddy. Buddy, can you uh, call this in? No, guys, I, I can could, I could, I could come in. I, I'll take point on this one. No, no, buddy. No, buddy, you just you just hang back. Hang back at the car. Just watch your backs. You sure? I mean, I, I think I got it this time. No, buddy.
2: No, we're good. <laughs> just, just wait in the car, bud. Just wait, just wait in the car, buddy. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know... Right there actually is uh there is a podcast that i've seen it's it's uh run by one of our patrons it's a tabletop rpg about mass effect csec and it's called blue shift and so i encourage everyone to go check that out Mm -hmm. uh if you like our idea about a uh cops on the citadel um i i think that they're still in production making that and as any fan of t- uh tabletop rpgs knows sometimes planning can be a little difficult you know uh, so uh, the, the, i'm sorry go on i just had i was just idea. gonna say i'm really looking forward to uh hearing the rest of those episodes
1: yes those yes very cool stuff also the next logical step in this is paul blart mall cop but with a volus
2: <laughs> parla parla
1: blot <laughs> parla blot <laughs> volus cop <laughs> <laughs> mall, <laughs> mall it's is there a mall? There's got to be a mall in the Citadel. They've got a. I mean, wards. They, I mean, there's wards cop. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, these wards are close. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. like an actual like structure within the Citadel where everybody goes shopping. That's like a. It's you know, like uh, there's only so many yeah. places you can go in the game, but the place is Silver huge, Sun, right? Like the place Silver is, Sun Strip. Yeah, the place is gigantic. But then like he goes around in his little like, it's <laughs> like little. Segway He's got like a little Volus Segway He zips around in Oh, be so good Anyway, alright, we gotta keep going with the actual lore
2: Right, enough, enough It's bullshit, we don't have Volus cops But we gotta move on And, And, you know, that's That doesn't even address The socioeconomic bias You know, in promoting Like the whole thing about like, you know Races are only gonna really promote their own their own it doesn't even address socioeconomic stuff Um, but that's a different story let's assume for the sake of argument that by this point in the future the aliens have a perfect equity system right um and i guess that's not completely unbelievable because the, the the turians are famously considered very you know meritocratic like they're all about meritocracies and whatnot and so i guess it's not completely unbelievable but they're also a very a very xenophobic race, so I don't know about that. Yeah, it seems, um, it
1: seems like those two things kind of butt heads,
2: right? Right. It's They're all about meritocracy as long as you're Turian. Right, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. have the right last name, apparently. Um, but it also... In, so this, this system that they have with recruiting, it also ensures that the only people who get on to CSEC are the the commander's favorites or those who know how to play politics yeah for example yeah. i brought it up earlier with garris's dad as much as we like the badass raptor boy uh <laughs> Garrus that, that guy batman bat, that, that raptor i'm the bad man <laughs> as much as we like mass effect batman um his dad castus was a big deal you know his dad's his dad was a lifer at csec and his dad being a lifer at csec had to have some pull in getting him that gig his dad also apparently had an in with Primarch fedorian enough so that his dad could just go up and say something to the Primarch about like hey you know my son's investigating the reapers you could probably <laughs> toss some uh resources his way and, toss and then a, all of a sudden a he gets a task force yeah yeah okay well so he gets a task force so it sounds like his dad was pretty well connected too. yeah so
1: most of the folks on CSEC are like grandfathered in then do I mean do we have proof of this or is this just kind of speculation based on the way this is set up
2: oh it's an inference Um, yeah I guess you could say it's speculation you know but I guess you could I guess you could say I've put my tinfoil hat on you know trying to call out some of the vague details in the lore
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm okay Okay so, but, okay, so let's get specific. Do we know how many CSEC officers there actually are? Do we have, like, numbers that we can crunch on this?
2: Well, there is an official answer to that. Uh, there is indeed. And the lore does a great job of specifying the structure of CSEC. But it's a lot to get into, so maybe we should hit on that after the mid-break. All right, sounds good. Let's go talk to our patrons.
0: Message coming in. Patch it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that.
2: Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's How's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. <laughs> Because one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. <laughs> so join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? All
1: right. This is the part of the show where we get to say thank you to our patrons because you guys are amazing and welcome to our new patrons did we we uh we thanked uh meiji Moose last time who's in chat with us hi Maji Moose, and um also we have a new patron chris b welcome to the patreon and we get to thank all of our wonderful patrons all 44 of you guys including our shepherd tier command uh commander shepherd tier level five pipe men studios and sovereign patrons thank you guys for supporting the show you get calls out every week and you guys are awesome. Um, so, uh, I saw some t-shirt pictures. Did you see the pictures people have been posting? About the, I did see that. Yeah,
2: those look awesome. Super yeah. freaking and, cool. Uh, yeah, just uh, a heads up. I messaged Mark Muir uh, to ask if he had received the shirt, and he has. So those people who have the first of the series of the patron shirts the renegade or i'm sorry the paragon water blue one Mm -hmm. uh just know that you uh are the only ones with with that shirt along with mark Mir now so
1: just you guys not us we don't have it only you guys only patrons and um there's little notifications that go up on your on your account i believe i believe you guys get notifications when things ship out also I believe that's the case. I can't see your side of the Patreon stuff, but check your stuff. Make sure that you are double checking things. And if you are new and signing up at tier three for stickers or tier four or higher with the t-shirt stuff, double check, make sure that you are putting in your addresses and all of that stuff um, and choosing your t-shirt sizes. So make sure that you have all of that stuff in there. Otherwise, you're gonna be like, where's my shirt? (laughs) And and it's gonna be because you don't have your info in there and they can't send you a shirt. So. Definitely go double check that stuff. Um, Also, uh, we have some info about uh, the rest of this month because we're changing up the patron chat date. And so this affects those of you guys who are signed up as tier four or higher patrons, because usually we try to do this as late in the month as we possibly can so that anybody who signs up during the month gets the opportunity to join us. But being as this is. December there's a bunch of holidays going on and then of course towards the end of the month the holidays get busier and busier lots of family stuff going on as we get closer to Christmas or New Year's or Boxing Day for those of you who celebrate or whatever holidays you're celebrating Um, things get busy, so We're pushing things earlier a week for our patron chat, which is going to happen on the 19th So it's the Sunday before we normally would do this And so that means that's next week. So it's coming very, very soon. Excited? You excited, N7?
2: I'm pretty excited. I've been monitoring the chat among the patrons, and I've seen a number of really awesome ideas that they might want to talk about. I think they have yet to come to a consensus, but I do know that no matter what they choose, I'm going to be happy to talk about it with them. Yeah.
1: So get on that patron uh, tier four chat room. Start throwing out some ideas. We will come to a consensus about something. Whatever it is, it's going to be awesome. Um, I still think the movie casting idea would be fun, even if people aren't super familiar with actors and things. You could do a little bit of research from movies that you do know and just think about some of the films. That, because it's not that people haven't seen any movies, right? Think about some of your favorite films and think about like characters that you remember from your favorite films. And then even, even if we just picked... like, If each, each person just had two or three characters in their head about who they would want to cast actors for and then think through some of your favorite films and then just go on IMDb and look up some of your favorite movies, look up some, some of the faces of of some of the actors and be like, Oh, this person would be really good in this role. It only takes a little bit of time. I think you could probably pick some actors, but if you want to talk about something else too, that that's totally fine as well. Um, So that's, that's coming up. So next week, if you do sign up at one of those tiers after we already do the episode, one of the things that we can still do is you can record a a little section and send it in and so you can still get on the show we would just have to plug you in after the fact on a later episode so you could share your thoughts about whatever the topic is and we would just plug it in to a later episode so you would still get your voice on the show you would just have to wait until the next month in order to actually join us during the live show um, so there's still ways that you could be involved it just would be a little bit different this month um, and then that would mean that I believe we're going to take the last week off for the holidays because I mean I'm going to be busy I have some a bunch of family coming in town and, and things and I know you're going to be busy so um, we'll actually take a week off officially for the first time in what like nine months so
2: Holidays, yeah. yeah, nine months. Yeah, I mean, I will be, yeah, I'll, I'll be taking a week off if if we do end up doing this on the nineteenth, the patron uh, episode. I'll be taking a week off uh, from the show on the twenty sixth, but I will be working during that time. Mm-hmm. So I'm working straight through the holidays this year. Yeah, you're taking the yay, yay early COVID. week off. Yeah, I've got family
1: coming into town. Uh, my brother and his family's coming in. My parents are going to come over and stay a few days. My wife's family's going to come over. Um, so we're going to have a bunch of people in the house and hanging out and stuff. So it's going to be nice to have people around and, um, you know, people I haven't seen in a while. And, uh, you know, it should be good. Um, get a little bit of time with my daughter and things. So, um, yeah. So, you know, that's the reason for the season. And hopefully uh, I don't get any, uh, you know, political or religious debates with my uh, in-laws. Which, or maybe I do. It's fun for me. It's a lot
2: to ask for.
1: I enjoy it, but some other people might not. Eh, all right. Well, hey, we'll move on with the rest of the show. Here we go.
2: Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir.
1: Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, so let's get back to CSEC. You mentioned that we have some specifics on, like, the numbers, but maybe some other details as well?
2: Yeah, we do. So the lore doesn't present us with a ton of specific circumstances on how CSEC was created. Uh, The exact circumstances, we don't know. Like, we don't know, you know, if it was drafted in a smoke-filled bar. Mm. You know, we don't know anything like that. But we do know a lot more about its structure, and that's thanks to the Codex. And uh, according to the Codex, there are 200,000 constables. Constables our Canadian and British friends. will (laughs) love that terminology. They're like big fluffy Uh,
1: hats, hopefully.
2: (laughs) Oi! What are you doing over there? Constable! Excuse me, constable. I have a question for you. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) That's how they talk. Hey, hey, stop that man! He, he's nothing but a lawyer and a thief. A thief. It starts with an F. He's a thief.
0: Is there yeah. something
1: on my face, or is it just the way the camera looks? It's just shiny off my skin. I think it's Never just mind. the camera. <laughs> it's the gap in my beard right here. It's too shiny.
2: You thief! Someone stole his beard! <laughs> Someone stole a piece of my beard!
1: It's a thief! So, uh, anyway, um, sorry. Yeah, constables.
2: constables um, Boy. We Americans find that funny and quaint. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. They, the, they have 200,000 constables that maintain order and private suppression. And, and, quote, I'm um, quoting the Codex here now. They, quote, provide pr- pirate suppression. I love that they call it pirate suppression. I mean, that's what it's a constable
1: so- would do, it has to fight off pirates
2: we have to suppress the pirates, um, Mm -hmm. customs enforcement and search and rescue throughout Mm. the Citadel cluster. Uh, So now when I heard 200,000, that didn't sound like a lot to me, right? 200,000 police for the entire Citadel. So I did a little bit more digging and I found out that the Citadel's total population is estimated at 13.2 million. Uh, And I found You know, which is roughly the same amount of people that live in Tokyo, proper, or the Los Angeles metro area. Okay. I crunched the numbers a little bit because I wanted to compare the policing levels for some context, and I found that New York City, one of the heaviest policed cities in the United States, Mm -hmm. has a population of about 8.4 million and 36,000 police officers. Now, if we do the math, that equates to about 42 or 43 cops for every 10,000 uh, citizens. The Citadel has, do you want to take a wild stab in the dark? Uh, more than that. More than that yeah. would be correct. The Citadel yeah. has 151 constables <laughs> for every yeah. 10,000 okay. people. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Wow which is just like a way, way bigger number, right? <laughs> 151. That's like five times the number. That's, that's, Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. that's a lot of cops, right? That's a lot of constables. That's a lot of piracy Boy. going on. <laughs> that, and you know, it was actually surprising to me that the population of the Citadel would be so low Um, but it is 13.2 million that is the official population count Uh, and you know when you do that when you do that math it's 150 about 150 cops for every 10,000 people so you know I say and that's a far greater ratio than almost every city in the world right now like in our world Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I say almost because you know I looked and we don't have reliable data for some cities like
1: Pyongyang yeah, right, right. Yeah, cities that aren't sharing data like that, of course. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure there's other major cities in the world where we should question the uh, numbers that come out of law enforcement. Sure, yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, the number itself is insane. However, I should note that I'm not sure if the Citadel's population count is accurate because... I don't know if that includes all of the people living in the foundations.
1: Huh. So, okay, so what exactly are the foundations?
2: So, it's a funny timing that we bring this up because I just learned about this one recently, too. The foundations are areas between the surface of the wards and the citadel's outer hull. So, the arms of the citadel, like think about the outer shell of the citadel and then like the inner lining, you know, the inner lining is where all the buildings are on right. the arms. So, the space between that, that outer shell and then where all the buildings are is the inside of those arms and it's called the foundations. And those are areas that officially only hold power plants industrial complexes and life support systems but in reality the codex tells us that these are the underbelly the slums of the citadel ah the criminals (laughs) the smugglers the exiles they all live here
1: right so you think maybe this part of the population isn't counted they're not it's almost like they're not citizens of the empire you know like that kind of thing they're not really considered people
2: I kind of feel like that might be possible or you no know, because or
1: that population is so high that that's why they need so many constables
2: Well, I would guess that that's not the case actually because We don't ever go into the foundations as far as I know the only time we might go into the foundations is in the Citadel DLC in the very end of Mass Effect 3, or at least that's when people, most people save it for. But we don't really go there for like any main lore or story missions as far as I know. We're pretty much always in the wards and the presidium when we are doing a mission on, on the Citadel. Right. So we don't ever go into any of the slums. You know, the homeless people also live here. And so I always thought the Citadel looked like 100% bushy yeah. when we're right. playing in it. Oh, totally. Yeah, and because of that, like even in the wards, we never really even saw the poorest neighborhoods on the Citadel, and I kind of thought, okay, this is idyllic, right? This mm. is it's it's supposed to be a utopia type of thing, right? Um, and in that way, it contrasted games like Cyberpunk. But that's not really the case, because as I was reading, you know, these are the worst areas of the Citadel and they're pretty bad. And, um, you know, it's it's shocking and it's not. But it's shocking considering that it's got to be the largest cosmopolitan megatropolis like in the galaxy. And we never go into those ghettos. Mm -hmm. Somehow in the games. And, you know, I just felt like the Citadel was missing that certain depressing feeling like games like Cyberpunk have nailed.
1: It would be like going to visit D.C., but getting flown right into the uh, the actual government structures and buildings and the hotels that the politicians stay at without ever getting into the rest of the city.
2: Well, if you think about the political clout that an N7 operative and a Spectre might hold. Yeah. It actually makes sense why they right. would not expose Shepard to that. Right.
1: Right. It, I mean, that's like that's that was always the, the feeling I got was that, like, you, you flew into the, the Citadel and you were just dealing with, like, the political part of the the place like you were only seeing the good stuff. Because you only went to a few places. Like, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the, you know, I mean, there were some things that were a little seedy, but they weren't bad. They were just a little seedy. <laughs> they,
2: they weren't like, they were well within the acceptable parameters for the Citadel tourism industry.
1: Right. You know, they were seedy for yeah. the politicians. You
2: know? Yeah. Yeah. And a quick little aside here, because I never knew about this, and also because... I've heard just how much some people love it when I read from the Codex. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Gotta quote something, dude. (laughs) The Codex says, quote, the station's recycling systems are located in the foundations. These manufacture a variety of artificial organic pastes that can be eaten for sustenance. They're free and nutritious, but nearly tasteless and of an unpleasant texture. (laughs) <laughs> poorer Citadel residents quickly become adept at dressing up this bland fare with sauces and spices, while imported foodstuffs are a popular luxury of the wealthy. So they're grits. It's basically like tasteless grits. It's just grits. It's like grits <laughs> without any
1: butter or salt or anything else in there.
2: I think grits might actually be better. I'm not sure, but Maybe. like so like they have this i'm imagining the the political marketing for this they're like we're feeding the poor we're making sure that no one starves and the poor are like this is dog shit
1: <laughs> right right. they're like this is basically like th- the plain paper of food this is yeah yeah this is nothing
2: the poor are like i'd rather leave <laughs> <laughs> right. but, you, but they can't. They can't leave the Citadel because that would be expensive. Um, as we know from numerous uh, characters we meet in, in, the, in the galaxy. But I digress. The uh, Citadel population count likely does not include the foundations. And I would imagine that c is too afraid to even venture down there under normal circumstances. But even on the wards and the Presidium... The point still exists, you know, this is a very heavy police presence. And this is from Mass Effect 1's codex. So this is before the Reaper invasion, before Cerberus's coup attempt, or should I say, insurrection. Mm-hmm. Those two terms are used interchangeably anymore and I'm just losing track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which would have almost certainly changed everything those two events much like 9-11 did in our own world uh, in fact CSEC tightened security a lot after Saren's invasion with the geth in very similar ways to 9-11 they you know like there's extra customs everyone has to go through additional security when they're coming in and out of the ports uh, everyone is extra screened extra tough for smuggling geth onto the station so there's there's some definite social commentary there in the games
1: yeah. So okay, so even before the crisis, I mean that's it's a pretty large presence, especially when it sounds like they're mainly policing middle and upper class areas like if that's what the numbers actually encompass, right? Um so with that many cops, they have they have to have like a hierarchy of some sort.
2: Right? They do. Um and they are primarily split into six divisions so this info is brought to you by the in game encyclopedia also known as the codex (laughs) there's six divisions so the first one's called enforcement this is more or less your typical cops your patrol cops and your first responders uh Think of Armando Owen Bailey, a.k.a. Captain Bailey, and then Commander Bailey, uh, but when he's Captain Bailey, he's likely a precinct chief when we meet him in Mass Effect 2, so he would almost certainly be in the enforcement division. Uh, there's also the investigation division. Mm. These are, quote, detectives who puzzle out the truth behind crimes and bring perpetrators to justice, and it's like... This, that description is so... It reeks of, like, fiction writer. Uh, yeah. But, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's likely to the same division that Garrus was in when he was looking into Saren and Saren's activities. That makes sense. Uh, there's the customs division. This one is probably responsible for all of the excruciating elevators. Uh... <laughs> That we have to endure in Mass Effect 1 and then in Mass Effect 2 the excruciating scanners aka load screens This is how they've written this into the game that there's an entire division of CSEC dedicated to this So if you're pissed off at that just blame CSEC uh, Here's <laughs> yeah, their fault. here's customs They screen thousands of passengers and cargo containers that pass through the Citadels ports every day, which to me sounds like an unbelievable unbelievably low number because it's the citadel and you're telling me only thousands of passengers and cargo pass through there every day huh like i'd venture to guess it's millions or at least hundreds of thousands yeah
1: like how many people right. or how hundreds. many people fly through like lax airport in a day or lax airport and the port you know like both things or tokyo Airport, like it, we're looking at similar numbers. Oh my like god, it,
2: you know, yeah, I have no idea. And like, not just people, but cargo,
1: yeah, people, cargo, uh, all of that stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: I and don't that's, know. And that's not a space location in three dimensions. This is a like on the ground location, in like you can't go up or down from it, you can only go north, south, east, and west, right.
2: Yeah, as far as I know, there's no commercial spaceport there yet, um, right. right. But, yeah. but maybe that'll be in our lifetime. Maybe I'm dreaming. Um, there's an e-crimes division too, and this deals with cyber crimes like identity, copyright theft, uh, hacking, and uh, illegal AIs. One would think that there would be more Solarians working in CSEC, particularly here, but I can't really recall seeing any Solarians. Like again, I can't see recall seeing any Solarians in CSEC at all. And now that I've said that, someone's gonna correct me and be like, <laughs>
1: "Well, actually,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, there was this one time in the game that you forgot about. You fucking dumbass." If
1: you notice in Mass Effect One, in the background of Scene Twenty Four, there's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scene yeah. twenty-four. They have numbers. Well, actually, you—they do have numbers because if you read in the codex documents,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. This. So the point yeah. stands: if there is a Solarian in CSEC, there's like one <laughs> that we see. It's not a large number of Solarians in CSEC. Not that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the Special Response Division, which is like, think of like SWAT teams. They deal with hostage hostage situations, bombs, uh, armed criminals, and uh, they also defend the Citadel from invasion. They're like the frontline ground force. Uh, so wow. they took probably heavy casualties in the events of Mass Effect 1 when Saren tried to evade. Uh, they probably took heavy casualties in Mass Effect 3 with the Reaper invasion and the Cerberus coup attempt. Um, I wonder, and then
1: lastly... I, w- I wonder, just side note here, if one of the reasons there are so many members of CSEC is due to uh, d- defense from outside forces. Because not everybody on CSEC is just per- per- patrolling... The internal dangers of the station that some of them are actually defending against external threats, whereas like NYPD isn't so worried about New York being invaded by space pirates. Right. Like that's (laughs) like like New York is being protected by the U.S. Army for things like that, whereas Citadel isn't necessarily being protected by some sort of outside
2: invasion army. Well, here's the interesting part about that, um, because I thought about that too, but there's a patrol division. This is supposedly the naval arm of CSEC, and they have ships stationed throughout the Citadel Cluster, but they don't, they're not the ones responsible for defending the Citadel from invasion. Mm -hmm. That's the Navy. Like, that's, that's some completely different entity that isn't responsible for that. I also wanted to note that although the lore tells us that CSEC has two hundred thousand constables, that does not include all the civilian positions that work there. There has to be a lot of civilians who work with CSEC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, who knows what their total number is? That's just the amount of constables that they have. And when I hear constable, I think of like patrol officer. Right. Uh, Right. I I don't think of administrative assistant. Right. Um, Right. So, but it
1: would, I, yeah. I just have to wonder, does that include like special response members or not? Like,
2: yeah, I have no idea. Um, we need to sit down with the executor. <laughs> we need to sit down <laughs> with the executor and I'm going to grill him. Um, and all of these divisions do report to the executor, who is basically the head of all of CSEC and acts as a liaison to the council. If we remember in Mass Effect 1, the, we meet we can meet the uh, executor. His name is Executor Palin. And there's a giant conspiracy surrounding him, something I learned only today. And it kind of starts in the external media. It starts with Mass Effect Inquisition and then Mass Effect Retribution. Uh, and so I'm sorry, I might have gotten that order. Trans transversed, uh, or reversed. So anyway, I th- it starts with one of them. And regardless, the the conspiracy surrounding Palin is that he is investi- he's asked to help uh, Anderson and Kali Sanders investigate Cerberus in 2186. And here's the gist of it, I'm not gonna give a bunch of spoilers because people might wanna go and read this on their own. But he's asked to help investigate them, uh, or investigate Cerberus with them, and so he puts together this all Turan task force because he hates humans. Okay. Uh, and so he's he's like you know he hates humans. Of course he's going to jump at the opportunity to investigate Cerberus. So he's investigating Cerberus. And then fast forward, Bailey, Commander Bailey at this or Captain Bailey at this point is asked by now Counselor Udina to look into Executor Palin and investigate him because he's suspected of being dirty not a lot of more detail given to bailey beside that but bailey like a dutiful soldier goes and investigates palin he follows palin to this building where he walks in and there's a couple of dead csec guards and basically bailey tries to question him and palin snaps maybe it's because palin doesn't like humans maybe it's because there's some other conspiracy going on and palin snaps he fires at bailey he charges at bailey bailey ultimately has to kill him and so now bailey has killed palin while Mm -hmm. investigating under udina's orders in 2186. and the lore contradicts that later in the mass effect 3 codex i think i believe it's the codex it actually hints that under the under the elusive man's orders kai lang is the one who ended up killing Palin. So that would mean that Palin lived a little bit longer than what Bailey thought. And it would also mean that this that Kai Lang took out Palin shortly before or after he killed the Solarian counselor, where Thane ultimately ends up getting stabbed. Huh. So I'm not sure if this is an intentional contradiction from the lore. I feel like it is. I feel like it's one of those unreliable narrators yeah ty- types of deal uh, because this whole conspiracy to me reeks of Palin was on to Udina. Udina was the Cerberus plant, as mm-hmm. we now know, mm-hmm. after having played Mass Effect 3. Um, and I think Udina wanted to take care of him.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. I
2: have to, I have to disclose. I haven't read Inquisition and Retribution front to cover yet. I will, um, but I didn't want to spoil some other details that I found out about those uh, to all of you. But yeah, that, that's a massive conspiracy about them.
1: That's cool. That's cool. All right. So um, I, I see we have some other information about Spectres and and CSEC.
2: Yeah, that's right. So. Now, Spectres are often butting heads with C-Sec, you know, because they... <laughs> butting butting they, heads
1: with everybody, but, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I kind of paused. Like, they, they're they not easy to get along with because they're kind of all on power <laughs> that's trips. kind of their job, um, though. I mean, they're supposed to, you know, poke their heads into everything. They are supposed to be the power trip. Uh, <laughs> they're often just... They don't see eye to eye because... Well, we hear this first in the games from Executor Palin, who believes that allowing specters to be above the law is a dangerous practice, which is interesting because it would seem to indicate that he really does know about Saren's actions. But if we can all recall, Sarin, er, uh, Palin is all too eager to pull Garrus off the case when Garrus is investigating Saren mm-hmm. in Mass Effect 1, even though Garrus is the officer in charge of the investigation. Talon is much more in the pocket of the Citadel Council, so to speak, when that happens. But when asked to help investigate Cerberus, it seems he is much more willing to wheel and deal. Maybe it's just because he hates humans. I'm not sure. Um, mm. But And of course, the Spectres get pissed off at the bureaucracy of c and they get impatient you know, at having to wait for due process. Typical... Right. Right. Executive branch shit. Right. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. I mentioned CSEC is different from the Spectres in nature and, you know, in their accountability structure as well, Um, because all of CSEC officers have to like file reports that go up the chain. But the only report that Spectres have to file and it kind of seems like it's voluntary. Is just file like checking in with the council every now and then and I say it's voluntary because like you remember as Shepard You can just hang up on them. Yeah. Yeah (laughs) Sorry busy Yeah, nope No, you can lure them into talking to you be like oh I'm not gonna hang up on you and then just hang up on them again Yeah,
1: and you can kind of do it over and over again (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah and they they get impatient with you for that yeah. Um, but yeah it's 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 totally voluntary whether or not specters even want to check in with anyone like uh, so yeah, they're limited csec however is limited to their jurisdiction is limited limited to the space immediately surrounding the citadel, whereas the specters it's like the entire galaxy is their their oyster mm-hmm. so uh
1: one final question here. And I don't think we covered it yet. But uh, what about the real life inspiration? Because we've we've talked about this with some of the previous things. Is there real life inspiration for the name?
2: Yeah. Um, so, you know, what I saw was that it's it's not confirmed, but it, because Bioware is a Canadian, largely Canadian company, Canadian studio, This is probably named after the Canadian government's National Cryptologic cryptologic Agency. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, The Communications Security Establishment Canada, or (laughs) Mm -hmm. CSEC. So yeah that might be their real real life inspiration and uh i see that uh, diddle that base in chat here says i think garris is a detective and not a new officer i meant to say that if i didn't go over the investigation division earlier uh yeah garris was definitely uh investigating Saren, so that would have made him a detective a detective in the investigation branch of csec um, I can't really see him fitting in any other branch of CSEC other than that. So Garrus likely spent a good, a good chunk of time uh, climbing the ranks of CSEC before Shepard even meets him. Yeah. And yeah. it is ultimately because he's told to drop the case with Saren that he joins Shepard's squad. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. This, that conversation started because Claudia Atlas, uh, stated um i find it weird that garris is a really new officer and the first thing he does is investigate a specter so that was a response to that
2: uh, okay yeah yeah that is um you know i would love to see some background on garris's work before doing that but i do know that garris had gotten into many confrontations with his father about the way that he was approaching topics of course we know in mass effect one Garrus has a problem letting dr hart go he has a problem letting people go when it when chasing them would mean disobeying the law himself uh and his father sternly tells him you know you do things the right way or you don't do them at all and Garrus has a very different perception of that
1: yeah he responds and goes i'm batman And his father's like excuse me (laughs)
2: yeah his his father uh his father more or less is like grow up (laughs) grow up
1: take off the batman cowl and the cape go into go back to your room you're in timeout you're a loose
2: cannon vicarian (laughs) but you get the job done and
1: then he looks at him and goes i'm batman and storms out the front door and gets on his bike
2: (laughs) and then you know garris is really just looking for his bane
1: Oh no! Uh, We're gonna save the bane uh, (laughs) voices until next time. All right, dude. So, coming up next week, patron chat.
2: yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, at least that's what it's seeming like in the uh, in the patr- in the Discord, the patron chat in the Discord that channel. Uh, Got to get a consensus from the patrons. That's not a legion. Uh, that's not a Geth <laughs> reference. <laughs> Just need a consensus from you all about availability. Uh, but from what I've seen, I think more people uh, are down to do December 19th which is of course one week from when we are recording this. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, that would mean that next week we are talking about one of the glorious topics that the patrons will choose. That's not decided yet, so. Yeah.
1: And what have you got coming up this uh this week? I know you'll be streaming and stuff.
2: Yeah, like I said I'm going to do some uh streaming, going to do some Christmas decorating around the house. Probably not going to do those two things at the same time. You're I don't your think them, decorating. I don't think many people would care hey, to watch
1: that Hey guys. Hey fam. Let's decorate the tree here. I go
2: I gotta be honest, you know most mundane activities that I've seen like that that people watch on twitch. I'm not exactly built for that
1: I, just, I don't I don't get the appeal, but like I mean that's cool. Like if that's what you want to watch. That's fine that's
2: cool. Yeah uh, Maybe if I put on like a Santa skirt and then people would watch it. There you go. There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Your, your high heels and your Santa skirt. I mean, yeah. m- maybe you have the legs for it. I, don't, yeah. I haven't seen, but maybe, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got, uh, you know what? I did the, I mentioned this earlier. I did the, the, oh, <laughs> two girls, the dirty, the dirty girls. Um, I mentioned that we did the, an episode of the. Starfield lore cast earlier today and we dug into if you guys you know I was thinking about this Mass Effect my Mass Effect friends if you haven't if some of you guys have not played any of the Bethesda games I get that some people just haven't tried certain games out Starfield is coming out in less than a year this is going to be a sci-fi space game will be where you will be traveling the universe there's going to be factions there are going to be awesome characters chances are you're going to have the potential to role play your character. I'm guessing you're going to be able to romance characters because it, it, Bethesda games have been developing more and more in that direction. Um, and uh, my co-host Dave Chaffins and I, we took the trailer that came out earlier this year and one of the videos and we dissected the crap out of them. We have found some stuff in these videos that is very exciting. So that is up. The newest episode is up. So go check out the, the Starfield Lorecast. Um, so if you prefer audio podcasts, go check that up out. But I took the first half where we took the trailer apart and edited the video down, but also added in video stuff so you can actually see the things we're talking about. And I put it up on the Robots Radio Discord, or I mean YouTube. I put a link on the discord I put the video up on YouTube though so you can go check that out right now The first half is up and there is a potential link to fallout Which is super interesting if you're a fallout fan. We think that there's actually kind of a hidden link there Um, The second half is going to go up very soon as well. So go check that out super exciting stuff Um, I will be doing more uh, connections and Starfield stuff on the um, on my Robots Radio YouTube page, and more of that stuff to come. But um, this week, I'll be streaming a lot more games and stuff, and, you know, of course, other podcasts to come. Uh, tomorrow night, The Witcher Lorecast, we're wrapping up season one's recap because this Friday coming up is season two of The Witcher, which is also super exciting because this season is going to be freaking amazing. That show went off uh, amazingly well for Netflix last, uh, I guess it was two years it came out. Um, did you watch The Witcher? You watched The Witcher, right? In seven? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So good. So good. If you haven't finished season one, wrap it up. Finish watching season one. Season two is going to be amazing. There's going to be some really, really good stuff. Um, it's, I'm just super excited about it. I, like, I'm like. i just like, oh, why is it now? I, was, I thought it was coming out like oh, I got my hopes up and for some reason I got the date wrong in my head like last week and I was like oh is it this Friday and I, like for some reason my brain just like moved it ahead a week and I was like oh it's gonna it's coming out it's this Friday and then I was like oh no it's, it's still another Friday oh, and I, I got disappointed that's kind of
2: yeah out on it yeah I I for some reason I thought it was all already out mm-hmm. I don't know why I just did same thing happened oh. to me with Halo Infinite which I've been playing a lot of as well yeah. uh, that's cross play if anyone plays Halo, I'm always down to play that. Yeah, nice,
1: nice. So lots of fun stuff to do. Um, but I'll, you know, just we'll sh- we'll show you where to go for stuff. Just hang out on the Discord. We'll post links for things. so There's all sorts of fun stuff to do. And thanks everybody for hanging out as usual. And we'll be back next week with our patrons. Super fun stuff to come. All right, everybody, stay safe out there in the universe. And you know, if you get a chance, uh, you run into a CSEC officer, you did something wrong. Make sure you're carrying some extra donuts with you. Maybe they'll appreciate that. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at Mass Effect Lorecast at gmail.com. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinski
2: and I'm Dogbark24.
1: We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE to PvP and everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the red diamond courier we
0: We hope hope you you check check us out out. Thanks. thanks